Hello, everyone, and welcome to IfCast, the forward-looking tech podcast from Intuitive Future. As always, I'm your host, Nick Hagar, and today with me, I have Marie Cosnard, head of trends at Happen. Marie, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Sure. So to kick it off, can you tell us a little bit about what Happen is? Sure. So Happen is a mobile app, a dating app, uh, which is the first one to give you a second chance at a, fir- at a first encounter. Um, so basically how it works is that you have a timeline of profiles on your app. Uh, whenever you cross paths with another Happen user, uh, their profile appears at the top. So it's a chronological timeline. Um, and the best example is, uh, for example, you're at a restaurant and you're with your parents or whatever, um, and then you see this awesome-looking guy or awesome-looking girl, um, and you would have wanted to talk to that person, but you can't really do that because you're having lunch with your parents, and it would be kind of awkward. Um, and so if you both have happened, then you can find that person again, and and it gives you a second chance at, a, at this missed connection you had, and you can uh, take it from there. Can you tell me a little bit about what the advantage of this approach is and why you're sort of tackling online dating this way? Sure. So what we're observing in like the dating landscape is that um, all the dating apps were meant to make people meet each other, but at the same time, they were really like virtual. So either it was... Um, Uh, websites where you had to fill out your profile for hours um, on a desktop computer just like you know very time-consuming quite deceptive because then you would chat with someone for weeks and and weeks and then maybe never meet them because you're actually too far away Um, or even with uh, some of the dating apps um, today that are a bit you know virtual because they just show you random profiles Um, there's no like real logic or anything um, and at the same time, we're looking at, you know, you know, how do people meet? People meet in real life when they're at the same place at the same time. Um, and in a big city, usually we cross paths with hundreds of people every day. Um, and this is how Happen started. We thought, well, why don't we meet the people we, we you know, go have around us in real life? Um, so we just um, used, you know, today's technologies, uh, so geolocation and, and using it in real time. Um, to answer that universal desire of, um, you know, finding the people you've crossed paths with, which is uh, what we offer. Okay, so would you say that then you're trying to make sort of online dating less digital than it is now? Because it sounds like you're trying to base it more in the real world than other dating apps do. Yeah, we are basically a digital tool, a digital service, but we're trying to put real life back into the online dating experience. Uh, we think that you know everything starts in real life, and, and we just want to be this little uh, helpful tool and helpful little platform um, that you know starts in real life and just gives you a little bit of a help to go back into your real life and meet those real people around you um, that you know that live in your area or that work in the same area as you do, um, and to make it just more natural than other you know services that are very virtual. Sure. And then now, can you talk a little bit about um, the scale of the app, sort of how many people are using it and where they are? Yeah, so we launched um, in Paris in February 2014, so almost two years ago. Um, and then from then, we, we expanded into more and more cities throughout the world, uh, always targeting major cities. So today, we're in about uh, 35 major cities in the world over Europe, uh, North and South America, and starting in Asia as well. 
Um, and we have uh, 9 million users today. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Um, and can you say... Um, because when you talk about rolling out to major cities, that's interesting. Is that sort of a consequence of the fact that your app is so geographically bound that it's not open to every location yet? Um, actually, it addresses two things. So first of all, uh, the fact that we are hyper-located. So you need, um, you, know, you need to cross paths with people in a quite uh, small radius to, to actually have you know, profiles appear on the app. Um, so and also, it's in big cities that usually people have more trouble, uh, it's kind of ironic, but have more trouble to meet each other just because the lifestyle is a bit, um, uh, you know, people are more busy and, and running from work to home and seeing some friends and don't necessarily have the time or opportunity to meet new people and new faces um, to go on dates with. Uh, so there are these two things, um, which, yeah. There are these two, two reasons, and at the same time, the app is actually available everywhere. Um, when we say that we launch a city, it's kind of we target it uh, and in terms of you know, communications and marketing as well to make it uh, to spark the user experience. Because if, you, if there's one person opening it in the middle of the desert, um, the app will technically work, but you might not see any other users. Right. So then I would imagine um, you're seeing most of your users in those large cities that yeah yeah definitely okay cool and so with this i'm wondering with the geographic location the uh tracking sort of thing and just the whole aspect of it that it's so bound in real life do you have any uh concerns about safety or that sort of thing um well no because basically our concept um is just to help you find those people that you've crossed paths with um, but it doesn't allow you to know anyone's location or to follow anyone. Because basically, on, when you're on your user's profile, you just see a, a little map that is very imprecise on purpose. Um, and you, you're completely unable to know where exactly that person has gone since, or, or you don't even know exactly where that person was. Um, so security was really like a, one of our you know, major concerns since the beginning. And we're always uh, bringing our product uh, and making it improve in, in that direction. Um, and also, you know, anyone who doesn't want to be seen by a specific person can block that person. Um, and our customer service is also very responsive to uh, banning uh, profiles that have been reported by other users. Okay. And then so along with that, how does matchmaking work on Happen? I know you talked about how when you cross paths with someone, they show up, but what does the process look like from there? Um, well, basically, there's no real matchmaking in the way uh, you mean it, I think, because there's no algorithm. We don't believe in, in kind of, yeah, algorithms um, and filters that will tell you that you guys have that much percentage of compatibility. Um, so our only algorithm, if you want, is just chronologically in real time um, because, you know, you never know uh, what's, at, you know, what's at the next uh, corner. You never know what's coming towards you. Um, and even though I can say that I necessarily want to date a guy who's very tall, I might be surprised one day and, and, and have a crush on a guy who's actually my size and my height and... And this is why we're not doing any algorithms or any like specific matchmaking on the app. But um, yeah, once you, so once you see your profile, which, which um, is only filtered by gender and age, these are the only two filters you get. 
Um, you have uh, the choice to like that person. It's a little heart button. Uh, and once you like that person, if they like you back, then you can start a conversation. Um, and then, you know, decide to meet in real life or not. Um, and then there's also a second little option, um, because when you like someone, it's a secret action. Um, and if, you know, if that person hasn't seen you yet or if they haven't liked you back yet, you can choose to send them a charm. And a charm is, um, is the only, like, um, um, extra option we, we are offering at the moment, uh, which is kind of like a poke. So this will send the other person a notification. So if I see your profile, Nick, and I, tr I like you, so if I click the little heart and nothing happens, um, I can be a bit, little bit more proactive and send you a charm, and then you'll get a notification that says, Marie sent you a charm, and, and basically you can't really ignore my profile. You can choose to like me or not, but you at least you'll have seen my profile. Sure, and then I know along with that on the website, it talks about how these charms, it costs uh, med one credit to send these. Can you talk a little bit about how that system works and what the rationale behind that is? Yeah, so um, our business model is a, is a freemium business model um, where everyone can download and use the app for free um, with the whole user experience and they, you know, there's no limitation in how many people you can like or how long you can, you can talk to someone or anything. And then the, the charm is the only you know, extra option uh, for which men have to pay. Uh, it costs one credit per charm. Um, and the, yeah, the idea behind that is it was very simple, actually. We wanted a business model from day one, and basically we used the traditional uh, way of doing it in, in the dating industry, which is very often um, that men have to pay or have to subscribe when for women, it's completely free. So this is um, what we've adopted since day one, um, and and yeah, it's it basically based on on traditional models. But we're we're actually thinking of changing that. Okay, what's uh, what's the thought of changing? What are you looking at changing to? Well, we're we're in 2015, and and we believe men and women are equal. So. They're, yeah, we're thinking about basically uh, making it uh, a premium option for both genders. Sure, okay, because that was going to be my next question. Why is that traditional model focused on making men pay exclusively? Well, it's, it's kind of, you know, these, these models are often reflecting what's going on in, in, in life as well. Um, even though men and women are equal, there's still, you know, these traditions of... Uh, when, when a guy and a girl go to a restaurant, the guy will pay, for instance. Um, and, you know, we, this was kind of uh, a rule a few years back, and today it's, it's not necessarily a rule. It can be appreciated or not, uh, but it, it's not a rule anymore, and we, we really want to adapt to uh, today's codes and today's uh, new traditions, which aren't the same as 20 or 50 years ago. Right. And so you touched a little bit on um, the profiles. Uh, can you talk about how much information are on the profiles in the app? Like when I, when someone matches or likes someone else, and that's both ways, what do you see on that person's profile? Um, so on a profile, you have up to nine pictures, uh, which every user can, can edit and, and choose for himself. Um, there's also the first name and the age. Um, there is the profession and education if, um, if you chose to fill that in. Um, and then there's a little spot for a description uh, that you're free to fill in or not. So to say whatever you want to add, if, whether it's uh, a joke or whether 
Um, it's anything specific, like um, I really, I have a dog, so I hope you're not allergic or whatever. Um, and then we have a couple of uh, other fun features. So first of all, there's, uh, you can see your mutual friends or mutual interests um, uh, that are from, from your Facebook profiles. You can uh, choose to sync your profile with Instagram to show uh, the pictures from your Instagram account. Um, and we, you can also show what your favorite songs are because we've in integrated um, with um, Spotify's library so you can choose to show what some, uh, some more of your world through the music you like. Yeah, that's really interesting that you're using so many integrations. Um, why did you decide on that approach? Because it does sound like sort of a lot of information. Um, no, because basically, you know, we, we our choice was not to um, have a profile that that's filled with information that becomes criteria. Uh, we don't, you know, we are we don't allow users to search for other people based on uh, their favorite music or their favorite book or even you know what what height they are or what their hair color is, um, because we believe in you know in, in chance encounters and in the magic of. Uh, being surprised by by whoever you weren't expecting necessarily, um, and at the same time, um, the you know the first approach in a dating app is going to be to look at a picture of someone, um, and whereas a picture uh, gives already a lot of information. I mean, it's in real life, it's the same thing. You first see have a look at someone, which is physical, and looking at their face. Uh, and perhaps their, you know, their body. Um, at the same time, we've thought that a picture has less, um, you know, less flavor and less, uh, less um, impact than seeing a real person in real life. So we want to give people a chance to show a bit more of who they are through, you know, very universal things, which is, um, you know, photography, but not necessarily of their faces, which Instagram allows, because usually... Instagram is, uh, you know, you take pictures of a whole lot of things. Um, and also music, which is, you know, makes the user experiences, user experience richer. And music is also about emotions. So we thought it was uh, very relevant to give them a little bit more, more of an idea of who you are. Sure. And then along with that, I'm wondering what use cases you're seeing, sort of because it's geared towards matching people who have crossed paths. But I wonder if you're seeing more of people looking at the app after they've seen someone in real life or checking the app when they've been places to see who they've crossed paths with, which is sort of the more dominant model and which are you more geared towards? Well, we don't have any um, specific data about this, but I have my little idea. Um, and basically, well, both cases are used, that's for sure, because we have um, user feedback uh, that fills both um, scenarios. Um, of course, um, I think a lot more people use it to kind of see, you know, who they have crossed paths with today or, or the day before or whatever. Um, because, well, they, they want to meet someone and, and they're, think about, they're thinking about the fact that, indeed, they have been you know, going to work that day or uh, then going home or maybe see some friends and, and that during their day, doing these little travels, they might have passed someone interesting or... Or, you know, that there's someone who's not too far away who he or she could meet uh, during that week for a date. Um, so that's, I think, the most common scenario. And then, um, of course, the perfect case scenario of you've seen someone, you have this 
love at first sight moment and you find want to find that person again also exists and is you know works technically works with happen which is kind of craigslist misconnections but in a in in 2015 sure i definitely think too that real life component makes it a lot more personal but i do wonder since it is so geographically bound it's limited to people you have encountered in real life do you worry or have you seen problems with the size of sort of the pool of people that um, are available in the app um no not really because um of course in big cities you'll have a lot of profiles um showing up um but you can you know the scroll scrolling through the profile is fairly easy and it's chronological as well so you will know uh, depending on where you last were, like two hours ago or the day before, uh, at which people you're looking at. Um, and and also, whenever you cross paths with someone again, they will show up at the top again. Uh, so that's really interesting because you know, there's also this little counter of uh, the number of times you cross paths. So it's very often when people look at certain profiles and they see, oh my gosh, I, I crossed paths with this person 55 times. Um, and then they start to you know, be a little bit curious about that and they will click on the picture and, and look at the profile a little more thoroughly. So it's, um, it's a process which is kind of in real life. Like you, There's a lot of people when, when you're walking a busy street, um, even if you're looking at the kind of crowd in front of you, you won't be able to observe, to look at every single person. There are some you'll ignore in a very neutral way, some that you will dislike and some that will actually... Uh, catch your attention and it's kind of that same process um, that happens on 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 happens timeline no no pun intended <laughs> now i'm curious because um it is a very different i think way of approaching online dating than some other apps do and i wonder what you think the effect will be of this approach as opposed to some other approach the profile based fill out the questionnaire type approach do you think it'll change the way that people approach dating um well i think that the future of, of mobile dating um is to make you know real life and the technological service completely seamless um and so this is what i believe in and happen in our service because uh it basically draws from real life and it's just a, a little like wingman you know accompanying you uh, in your daily life and your daily travels and daily encounters. Um, and so in a way, this is also why we get a lot of, uh, of users who, who are very proud of being on Happen and there's no more stigma, you know, about that because it's just like this little app that, uh, that's uh, really easy and fun to use and that, you know, lets you see who you cross paths with to, to make, you know, new connections with people. And, and there's no, no more stigma, you know, about being, uh, on your computer late at night and chatting with total strangers. They're, these people are not anonymous. They're people from your environment. There's already something that you have in common uh, with them. Um, and the fact that it's a mobile app um, makes it much more accessible. And uh, and I think the future, yeah, the future of online dating is, um, and the future of mobile in general, will be for services and for apps that really add something um, simple uh, to your real life. Okay, sure. Now I want to switch over a little bit and talk about uh, your role specifically as head of trends. Can you talk a little bit about what you do in that capacity? I'm um, sure. Well, so I'm traveling a lot, talking to people, 
uh, to our users, uh, trying to find out exactly how people use the app, how people see dating. So I'm very, very interested, in, of course, in kind of you know cult hearing cultural differences and, uh, and stories about about people and to understand yeah how they use our product, what they would like, um, and and thinking about all these things that we've talked about today with you. <laughs> sure. Can you share something maybe that you've encountered that's particularly interesting or thought-provoking? Um, yeah, well, there's something that we're looking at at the moment, so I don't have all the results in yet, but um, it's interesting to see. So the charm function I was talking about, the fact that uh, it's kind of a, a Facebook poke, that's a, an easy reference. Um, um, so you're not just visiting someone's profile discreetly, but it's, you're not only liking them, you're sending them a notification to tell them you've liked them. Um, and, and this talking about, again, kind of traditions, uh, in dating and, and seduction, um, traditionally, you know, you see that, uh, it's more the men that are more forward than women kind of who in, in real life in a bar or whatever will, you know, make the first step and, and go up to the girls to talk to them. And, and generally we've seen the same thing on the app with the charms. Um, and it's really fun to see the differences between countries, though, um, because a lot of um, countries actually were surprised uh, there are more women sending charms than men or places where it's actually completely equal um, and places where it's um, very true to the, the cliches of um, uh, the men having to do the first step and where, you know, women barely send any charms and just wait for the guys <laughs> to make the to send the first message. Oh, that is really interesting. Um, and then I want to transition over real quick. I know you talked a little bit about the future of sort of mobile online dating, but uh, can you expand a little bit? What do you think it's going to look like? Is it going to be more offline? Is the future of online dating moving offline? Um, well, I think that uh, in terms of, um, of, of love and, and meeting each other, um, it's it's necessary for people, you know, to to be face to face with each other uh, very quickly instead of, of growing an, an online relationship. This is why I think uh, the proximity uh, aspect of of happen is is a great success. Also, because like in big cities, uh, I don't know. I was in just in New York uh, a few weeks ago. Um, if you live in Bushwick or if you live in Harlem, it's going to be very difficult to meet you, each other, you know, casually for a cup of coffee uh, here and there. It's honestly, it's it's a bit of a drag. Um, so the location aspect is just, you know, very easy to, because to grow and to see if you like someone and to start a relationship, uh, you have to spend time together at first. So I think that's that's extremely interesting. And the fact um, that that you can, you know, use a little online tool to go offline straight away um, is, is something we, we have to focus on. Um, so I don't think that uh, in terms of human relationships and meeting and dating, we can just be too technological, if you know what I mean, because uh, in essence, uh, two people have to be meeting each other physically. Um, so I don't think that technology or even algorithms, you know, there's also... Algorithms are also very deceptive because they seem to to promise you something when we all know that love is not a science and that attraction cannot uh, completely be explained. So I think what we have to provoke is just for people to meet um, easily in real life, and we try to provide that platform. 
Right. And I remember, I can't remember at all where I've encountered this now, but there's definitely been research that has shown that algorithms can help people meet, but they have no real idea about compatibility, mm. right? Sure. Yeah. I don't think, um, maybe it, you know, it makes people believe that and thinking that it's meant to be because they've been told so can kind of induce them to uh, yeah, like make them think they like each other, but I don't think it's uh, the, re the reality. Right. Okay. And we're reaching the end here, but uh, before we go, can you talk about what are the short-term and then long-term plans for Happen? Um, well, we're very focused on continuing to grow throughout the world um, to introduce our concepts uh, in more and more cities. Um, and so, yeah, short term would be continuing uh, our, our growth in the markets where, where we're already present and long term is to launch elsewhere. We're um, steadily growing and we've just launched more and more cities in Asia as well. Um, so this is what we're focusing on and becoming one of uh, the major dating apps out there and offering a service to um, the most uh, users in the world. Great. And where can people find you online? Um, so our website is happen.com. Happen is H-A-P-P-N. So here you have all the information and you can be redirected to the different app stores. But otherwise you can just type happen uh, on the app store, Google Play, and the Windows store. Perfect. Marie, thank you so much for being on. Thanks, Nick. All right. Take care. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Nick Hagar on Twitter. Production and design are by yours truly, and our theme is by Grant Nill. Now, our schedule might be a little on in the next couple weeks. I'm not sure if there's going to be a show next week. There will definitely be one the week after, but things are a little bit in flux. I'm in Washington, D.C. right now, so... It's a little hard to schedule things and make everything work, but just keep your eye on the feed and uh, there'll be something there. So look out for that and have a great week.